I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. You tell him, Doran. Guys, I hit the jackpot. But I'm in love with the courtyard. We shall name you Paul. Oh, just a raw potato. That's a delicious snack to eat while I walk around this dungeon. Shut up, Sulkin. It's okay. We're going to take care of that wound. Don't you worry. You find an assortment of goods. Goblinos. Frosted mini dwarves. Moradinotes. Kelimvorios. Kelimvorios! 
Nice. Harlan, uh, you get inspiration yes. for that. These are good for your soul. Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 33, Open House. I'm on the inside. Come on in, y'all. Man, I want to have a big house party with all our friends. Yeah, coughing on each other. <laughs> Not during this time, Joe. We could set up a barbecue in the laneway, yeah. blow up the kiddie pool. Passers-by, we can just wave and say, don't come near us, but here's a hot dog. And throw it. I miss having people Me over. Me too. This week's MVP is Stephen Keen on Twitter for his kind words about Dice Shame. He's just started our show, and in his own words, can't wait to hear the rest. I swear I have not paid him. Welcome to the fold, Stephen. You're in it now. By the time he listens to this episode, too, he's going to be so tired of us. <laughs> he could never be. Not Stephen. Not Stephen. Let's play. Yeah, let's get down to business. So, I don't know if you guys have been to the grocery store recently, but uh, I came home with quite the haul the other day. Harlan mm-hmm. can vouch. Nice. We decided that we deserve a treat. <laughs> and we got two different sugar cereals oh, man. that I'm very excited Both about. Both were your favorites. Well, okay. So, I previously did get us a box of Lucky Charms that Harlan took care of. Previously, with the Lucky Charms, you bought corn pops for yourself that you told me I couldn't oh, touch so then true. bought sugar crisp for yourself and also honeycomb mm. yes so I'm I actually bought three cereals for me and one for say. Harlan if we're keeping track I thought you said that you wanted a treat was it a treat or was yeah. it several boxes a treat is, is multifaceted in this yeah. the treat is called cereal do you consider one cereal a treat because then if you have cereal. multiple one box is a yes. many, many You have treats. had 300 treats today. What is the treat quotient? <laughs> the quantum quota. of treats, the smallest, yeah. indivisible. We have um, a Timbit cereal, too. Mm. And I know that most of our listeners are American, and so I just I just wanted to, like... Do you have a Dunkin' Donut cereal? Oh, well, probably, right? They must have some probably. really cool fucking cereal. Yeah. They do. Comparative. My sister-in-law goes down to the States every now and then. Yeah, they're treat treat food. Uh, speaking of treats, it's a treat to be hanging out with you guys this Aww. afternoon. Aww, Aww, yeah. Thank you. Ditto. Um, last episode, <laughs> you uh, took care of some some very interesting little creatures. Yeah, what the heck yeah. were those? They were like red-skinned blood Red-hatted gnome-type creatures from the Feywilds. I don't like them. I didn't like them either. They... they took a lot of my health away from me Same. which i was kind of hoping to keep yeah no the the stab in the gut was mm-hmm. not pleasant and so, they took my ego because i missed you're all a little bit worse for the wear and orin is a little bit shell shocked frankly <sighs> well thank you so much for bringing me along on this uh, expedition. Aren't you glad you came? Look at all the blood everywhere. And Red like skips forward. His his paws just in like pools of blood. Is Red actually excited about it, or is he just trying to like push Orin's buttons? No, Red's actually excited about it. This is like to to Red. This is 
adventure, like getting in a scrap and fighting. I don't think Red understands the seriousness of like death more so than like to him, this is like a stage play of combat and he's trying to get Oren excited for it where I think Oren's taking the much more realistic, oh my God, I've just seen a man split like a log. Red's way too innocent to push people's buttons in this way. He's he's just like excited. How are we doing health wise there? Uh, oh, everybody? less than half. Definitely been stabbed a lot, and now I got to climb down from this damn gatehouse to figure out how I'm going to get down. And uh, Krayloth sees you up there, kind of holding onto your gut, and he walks over and holds up his hand. Yeah, so I, like I'm, I'm imagining this this point of him like trying to get down on his like jacket and down on his knees and trying to like lower himself down the side of the the gatehouse and like maybe Kraloth can help like grab his feet on the bottom or something and help him climb down a little bit. If you if you have help, you're not going to need to make a roll for sure. But yeah, but it's just real pathetic as he's also like trying to flinch because he's been stabbed twice by this fucking fairy <laughs> creature in a bloody hat. It's okay. We're gonna take care of that wound. Don't you worry. Oh, red is uh, untouched, by the way. Yeah, I don't of course. I took a simple point of damage. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and Doran, how about you? Doran's hurting. He's down to 29 hit points. He's looking at his hands. He's going, Doran, you've taken a lot of injury today. He's got, you know, cuts on his hands and like cuts on his chest. And he's also still drunk. So he's like swaying there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's been around drunk people enough knows that there's a moment where they just stare at their hands and sort of watch. Yeah. So he's quite injured. (laughs) On a scale of one to 72, how do I feel? I feel about a 29. Ooh, really? Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty bad. Okay, everybody gather around. I'm going to say a prayer to Kellumvor. Physically. Mentally, I'm feeling great. Okay, okay. Come on. Come on over. Okay. It's a base 72 mathematics system. Uh, so uh, with those numbers, Kraloth knows what he has to do. He's going to cast Prayer of Healing as a level three spell. Wah, 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 wah. And so um, everybody's going to heal 3d8 plus what? my spell casting ability modifier. Three. Kraloth rolls them and everyone applies the same number. Let's do it. I'm ready. Poised. <laughs> uh, that is a nine plus three. So everybody gets 12 hit points back. Oh. Yikes. Sorry about that. What did you roll? That's a really low roll. Nine I rolled on a one, 3D8? a two, and a six. Well, it brings me up to 30 out of 42. It could have been worse. Kellenbor really likes these fey creatures, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean... While they're doing this, I want to look around for Zolkian. What has he done during this fight? Right. Like, he led us to this gate... And then just pieced out. Is he hiding in a bush or what? So you're standing in the lawns of this villa enclosed within the stone walls. So there's a large domineering two-story building that occupies the majority of this enclosure. And then off to the west side, there's a stable. And he pops his head out from the stable and he says, uh, Everything's clear in here. You didn't even do anything, Zulkin. And I walk over. I wonder why you got bit by something invisible when you go hiding in, in, in stables when the real shit hits the fan. Orin, don't be like this guy, I say as Orin's like hiding in the bush still. Zulkin puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, words hurt, Red. That's right, they hurt, and so do arrows and, and sickles. Look at all this blood. This is Doran's blood. Yeah, you're pretty, uh, you're a pretty, uh, coward. Cowardy, cowardly. I, I, I'm not really speaking clearly. You tell him, Doran. <laughs> You're a real coward, Zolkin. In fact, Zolkin, why don't you lead the way? And I point towards the. Uh, well, what's he hiding in the stables? I'll do a perception. Sure, 
I'll, I'll lean in past him as he leaves the stables, assuming he's walking out. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So I'll lean in past him and take a look inside the stables where he was hiding. Let's do a general perception. Sure. With a 16. So the stable house is a stone building. It contains enough stablage for, I don't think that's a word, but I'm... It is now. For four draft horses, which uh, none of them are currently occupying the stables. You found one of them torn limb from limb. Oh, that's on right, yeah. The grounds of this villa already. Uh, I believe you also found some evidence of giant teeth in its haunches. And Red, as you lean in, a shaft of moonlight from the open door illuminates a patch of square cobblestone. Mm. On the ground of the uh, stable on the floor. Methinks it looks suspicious. There's uh, just like little sweepings of hay that kind of form a squarish outline. I wait till Zolkin leaves and then I slip in. I mean, I don't know whether this is something that was hidden by the owners of this place or if this was something that Zolkin did sneakily. So I'm just going to go walk over nonchalantly Mm -hmm. and take a look-see-loo. Okay. What does your look-see-loo look like? Um, How do you investigate this? I mean, I can't imagine it's like a trap because it's in someone's stable. It would be very weird if someone's like, ha-ha, a a spike ball. Those horses never suspected it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm just going to walk over and bend down and and like take out a dagger and sort of pick at the edges. Mm -hmm. You uncover a three-foot square flagstone in the southwest corner of the stable that looks to be a hidden trap door. Bingo. Bingo. Oh, yeah. And I give it an open and... Uh, well, you sniff. try. You try to open it, but it is very securely locked. There is a hole for a key, which you do not have. Interesting. All right. I think I cover it back up with... Hay, hay. and stuff. Hey, hay to you. Hey. Uh, with hay, and I head back over to the others nonchalantly, with the intention of telling my team, but not Zolkin. Sure, yeah. And Zolkin is... Um, just kind of shooting the shit with Krayloth. And, and Red does this for two purposes. One, I don't know what this is, but if it ends up being something positive, I don't want Zulkin to necessarily share in on the wealth. And if it's something negative, then we can push Zulkin down it later. <laughs> My guess, just meta, is that it's... Um, I'm so proud totally of you. Meta is meta? Meta. It's meta. <laughs> you you, Joe, you should have just left it alone. No, it's... <laughs> I touched it. Now he's all fucked up. Oh, um, I dig it. My guess is that it would be a trapdoor, uh, or not a trapdoor, but a secret entrance into the building. Yeah, and then I come back to the others and I tell them, hey, hey, you know what I just found in there? I think I saw like a trapdoor with a key on it. Really? Interesting. Uh, well, and you and you come back and Doran has already started to kind of investigate this field that's around the the building where we're standing in this in this gated area. So yeah, you're standing in the yard i guess i would describe it of this villa that's courtyard yes thank you the courtyard of this villa it's enclosed by a 12 foot tall stone fence stone wall um you entered through a broken rear gate and you're looking at the rear of the villa so there's like a back patio essentially Mm. um that does have pillars doran and that's what i'm looking at that's that's sort of what i'm Investigate. You're also standing directly to the north of a broken wall of the villa. Mm. The wall has been um, 
demolished partly and you can see through the hole into a dark room which you would probably guesstimate to be the kitchen based on the furniture that lies partly destroyed within. Additionally, you had previously investigated the body of a horse in the courtyard. There's also what looks to be a body of a human on top of the veranda in the back. And actually, that's a good note. I think while Doran's doing this, and as I'm explaining to them the trapdoor, we loot, right? Like, we want to see if there's anything of value on these sickle-wielding monsters. I'm going to go up to Jack, and uh, I'm going to shake off the blood from my mace, wiping it in the grass. And I say, so uh, what do you make of these creatures? You ever seen anything like them before in your books? I mean, I've never seen anything like them before, but they're, they're definitely fairy creatures which is really interesting they're they're from somewhere somewhere else i don't th- these ones seemed really vicious though like i i'd never suspected i've always sort of thought of fairies and pixies and and that sort of thing as ah oh, cute creatures a little bit of dust you makes you fly whatever these bastards mm. god yeah yeah doran kind of says from across the courtyard he's kind of standing outside of this hole in the wall with his axe out and he's just peering in doran again with his soldier background is not going off on his own but mm-hmm. you know, he's still investigating sort of gently this dark <laughs> area that looks like a, a kitchen. Gentle investigation. I was mm-hmm. going to say, did you want to roll a gentle Gingerly? investigation? Roll? Yeah, let me just see. Do I see anything in the shadows of this hole? 12? It would be a perception if you're just kind of looking around. Okay, so a perception of 15? Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, a substantial part of the northern wall of this kitchen has been destroyed. Rubble lies on the lawn um, that you pick your way over and through the hole in the wall door and you observe the disarray within. You see that there are pots and pans, cooking utensils, dangling above some preparation tables in the middle of the room. And there's obvious signs of a struggle from in here. There are some... Uh, muddy footprints on the floor and you see a couple of doors that lead from this room one of which is open right now and while Doran is investigating the back of the mansion and Kraloth is speaking to Jack Red is gonna go loot the bodies yeah you were gonna look at the body because mm. he's Zolkin being like I take the stuff <laughs> <laughs> so the horse body is I mean the horse has no wallet look at all this great horse meat but you want to go and observe the body on the back porch definitely that i'm hoping it has a key but i also want to check out the fey creatures as well see if they have any you know valuables or weapons so the fey creatures are armed with these vicious looking sickles pop and ice the sickles cream dick (laughs) (laughs) these creatures otherwise uh, are not carrying anything that looks valuable unless you want to hang on to their Iron boots, which yes. strike red as... removes the small iron boots <laughs> from one of them and puts them into his bag of holding. So bad. Yeah, I think red is one of those. He's like animalistic, so he's kind of attracted to gross smells. Yeah, right. What about their caps? How would red look in a red cap? Oh, definitely take one of those too. As you pick up this red hat, blood comes off on your hands. They're soaked in blood. That's how they're red. Oh, cool. I take on nonetheless. So I take the boots and I take the little hat. Uh, And then I move to the body. Is there anything on the human body? Yeah, so I've described this body as a smear across the veranda. Mm. But if you are inclined to go through the pockets of this ruined corpse's clothing, you do find a key. (gasps) Wow. Well, good. Again, I'll I'll pocket it for now with the intention of telling everybody, but I do want to sort of see what everyone else is doing before 
The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. The key and the hardware for the trap door are made of two different metals. You don't think that they would match. So this is a key for something else. Kraloth walks over to this corpse and uh, he kneels down with his holy symbol Mm -hmm. and says, may you rest in peace. What state is the body in? There's a pulpy mass for part of his head and one eye is open, yes. the one oh. I'm not going to bother trying to bury him, but I'm just going to close that one eye. I could help bury him real quick if that's a thing you wanted to do. Me too. Oh, I'm already covered in blood. <sighs> and I reach down and I try to pick up as much of this body as I can. Doran watches you start to pick up the shoulders and the upper body and the bottom half kind of falls away <sighs> and it stays on the ground. Yeah. So Doran comes over and picks up the legs. I'll give you a hand here, Kraloth. I guess yeah. I guess you want to give this this poor sap a, a proper burial. I'm sure he would want to be buried on the property that he lived on. Between two of the trees that the um, Fae had had jumped out of, Jack's going to walk over and just sort of raise his hand up and a big mound of earth comes and piles itself and there's suddenly a five-foot-deep hole there just perfect to lay this uh, person into to rest in. Kraloth makes eye contact and nods and uh, lowers the hunk of flesh down into it. And, and Doran lowers the other half of the hunk of flesh down into the grave. Usually we're we're on our on our adventures in places we're on a mission. We've got the next goal, and I think there's there's just enough like booze in our system. Like no no no, this guy gets on. We, we're going to honor this guy, and so there's this moment of like okay, we we make a grave, we bury this guy in him. The the earth goes over top, and we like take this whole moment to to make a a, a bit of like a, a space before we move on. We shall name you. Paul. Here lies Paul. Sulkin is standing in the darkness underneath one of the trees adjacent to this freshly dug grave, and he's like, Whenever you're ready. You be quiet. This is special adventure friend stuff. God. All right, let's go. Yes, so there is a back door to the villa that you have not opened you instead are looking through the ruined wall of the kitchen beyond which we have seen that there is uh, some disarray and uh, an open door leading into additional darkness i mean it would make sense to go in where it's been caved first because we can see what we're walking into correct yeah, opinion. and Zolkin's like, yes, well, when I came through yesterday, I did the same. It's kind of a mess in here. And he he leads the way. He picks his way into the kitchen. And I'll follow. In addition, I think Kieran should probably be real close, just on top of Jack's head. Yeah, I th- I, I'm imagining Kieran sort of, once we get inside, pacing around at my feet and then like leaping from top of like kitchen cabinet to somewhere else that cats shouldn't be climbing around. But when you have wings, it's fine. Knocking shit off. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> Kieran flies on top of something and just stares at you dead ass and just pushes something off. Like a nice, delicate, antique vase. <laughs> oh, what's the matter, boss? For, for an instant, Kraloth is hesitant uh, as he looks into the dark void uh, through the broken wall. And then he remembers and he reaches up and he pulls down his goggles over his eyes and he clicks on a little mechanism on the right side and they whir to life and he steps in across the rubble. Zolkin is like, I made it to the study. Oh, all right. 
Um, so you all enter. There's a dumbwaiter on the west wall of the room that you see red. Kieran is like sniffing around the door to the dumbwaiter. It's gorgeous in here. All of the utensils are beautifully wrought. You can even tell, despite the darkness, the furnishings in this kitchen are gorgeous. Even just the quality of the wood, you can almost smell the like cherry wood lacquer of these preparation tables. I feel like Doran is picking up the utensils and like the knives and stuff and holding them up to the moonlight to see like the quality and the craftsmanship and then putting them back down. And Red is like rifling through a drawer, taking the silverware, like putting the, <laughs> the spoons You're like, let's get to looting. Yeah. Kieran... <laughs> Does little sneeze uh, because of the pungent odor of spices emanating from the open door on the east wall. Uh, as you all filter into the room, it becomes apparent that there is a broken door leading into a pantry. There's a broken door over here. Yeah, didn't you hear the sneeze? Is there any more booze in this kitchen? Yeah, totally. I feel like I stand in the caved out northern entrance and like wave a bottle at Oren who's undoubtedly still outside and I'm like Oren <sighs> alright the bells are ringing <laughs> Master Red if I come in there swear you'll protect me if you don't come in here I can't alright and he clambers clumsily over the broken wall and takes the cooking wine out of your hand pulls off the stopper and then takes a hefty swig a diligent swig he's very thoughtful about it <laughs> and i take it back and i swig as well doran hears the cork come out and looks across the room and says toss it over here under his breath i don't know about you guys i'm, I'm keeping quiet like i don't want to disturb anything if there's something we can sneak up on yeah yeah for sure but i also think we're in this world of a bit drunken that we're playing way more fast and loose than we would oh, of course it definitely has the feel of like hijinks mm. yeah you know? which i don't hijinks. know if yeah. i've ever seen you guys get up to I, I love Jack being like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's sort of going back and forth between those modes. I, I think he's, I can picture him standing in the kitchen, Kieran sniffing around, and Jack is just sort of standing in the kitchen, taking in what everybody else is doing. He's maybe standing a little, a little stunned, watching the world spin around him a little bit, trying to be like, oh, is there personal effects in here? Is there anything that like tells the story of who the people are in this kitchen who lived like he's 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 yeah. studying the the ruins of it as if it was you know a dig somewhere because that's his mode i yeah. love the idea it's almost like a cartoon where like his vision turns to this like tapestry and then it turns back to red and orange and red's like shaking the bottle and then it turns back to the tapestry and then it turns back to red and you're like uh 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 <laughs> Which one do you take a step towards? <laughs> Kraloth, as you stand, you're like over by the stove mm -hmm. and a slight noise catches your attention. Hmm. Down by your feet, a very fat orange tressum with angry expression on its face is just sitting there looking up at you. Whoa. Uh, 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 my... Hey, uh, Jack, did you transform Kieran? No, I thought Kieran was over in the spice cabinet. We got our first living host. Uh. Hey, I'm just, just going to talk to the Tressum as if it can understand me, I guess. <laughs> well, we, we have a member to the party that can talk to animals. No, but I can do something like that. And Red sees you guys sort of referencing the Tressum 
and walks over drunkenly. And I'm going to use my primeval awareness. So again, I have the innate ability to communicate with beasts. They recognize me as a kindred spirit. And through sounds and gestures, I can communicate simple ideas to a beast as an action. And I can read its basic mood and intent. So I can't have a back and forth, but I can definitely communicate uh, to an extent. I can learn its emotional state, whether it's affected by magic, its short-term needs, its and any actions I can take to persuade it not to attack. So yeah, and I'm going to read its mood. Yeah, it's uh, it's mad right now. Okay, and is it uh, affected by any magic? Not apart from its own innate sort of magic that Tresums have. And you think that it would probably befriend you if you feed it. Yeah, it recognizes me as a kindred spirit. So I, I see this and I pull it a little bit of lambus bread from my bag and i bend down and give this fat ass cat some more food oh man the change that comes over this cat like it's once bristling whiskers kind of slick back across its cheeks and the rough of its neck where all the fur was standing up just sort of dissolves into these jowls as this fat cat just like <laughs> greedily takes these big yes, mouthfuls of take bread it, good boy and I'm going to just try to, where are your masters, girl or boy? <laughs> Wait, let me feel. Whoa. Boy. It is a boy. <laughs> I know. And what a boy. It's not really interested in talking to you about that. More so interested in hanging out with you. I turn to Jack, who is sitting by this, or standing by this thing next to Kraloth, and I'm like, yeah. you said Tressums innately can view invisible creatures, right? So this thing would know there's an invisible creature here. Yeah, they can detect poison too. Tressums are really cool. <laughs> Again, I'm picturing Jack saying that like buzzed. I, I, for some reason, I'm, I know you're not, but I picture you holding like a beer. He and is, like, yeah. yeah, dude, man. I like, feel like they, it's, it's now cool. it's back to that look back to the tapestry. Look back now. It's look back yeah. to Jack. He's got the he's got the cooking sherry in his hand, and he's yeah. you know good. Like he's I like it's it. his birthday still. He's I mean yeah he's oh, been stabbed listen, a little bit totally. And I stand up and I like take it and like swing hey. and hand back. I'm like yeah yeah hey. Hey, 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 hey. I hold my hand open for you to toss me the bottle. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's your turn. Yeah, make a ranged attack. So uh, 13. Oh, well, yeah, you can, yeah, you, you throw it at Doran. Doran catches it. I catch the bottle. I take a swig. There's a pantry back here. Hey. And I toss the bottle back. Hey. I feel like for some reason Kraloth is very serious through all this. He just buried somebody. Yeah. So every time you guys are tossing the bottle back and forth, I'm like, uh, oh, hey, trying to get hey. control. Hey. And every time you catch it, it's a wash of relief. He's like babysitting. But uh, yeah, Kraloth is definitely concerned that um, you know he's got to look after his party, and he really desperately wants to keep everybody alive. The, the All of the doors in this room, like looking around, like there's the pantry door and then there's a door down where Zolkin is. It looks like two doors. So there are a total of four doorways leading from the kitchen. Okay. So while you know, everybody's, you know, talking to this Tressum, he's just going to walk over to this door that's just north of the pantry and lean into it and just take a listen at the door. So... You take a listen at the door and you hear the distinct sound of nothing. Mm. Okay. What's it sound like? It's like this. Yeah, I think it's clear. I I rolled perception. Does that matter? You can tell me the number. 24. Mm. Oh, wow. 
you hear that the door is locked. Oh, that's very good hearing. So I'm in the northern corner right by Kraloth. I see him turn the handle to this door and it's yeah. locked. And I like step forward. Yeah. And forgetting that I didn't actually tell anybody, I just pull the key that I found out of my pocket and try to put it in the lock. And Kraloth kind of steps back, surprised. Doesn't fit. And I'm like, I wish you never know. By the way, I found this key. <laughs> so Doran steps into the pantry. And I'd mm-hmm. like to roll a perception to see if there's any traps or anything in here. Sure. Pantry traps for those naughty kids trying to steal cookies at night. What's the sugary cereal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a uh, 21. Nice. You find an assortment of goods, um, herbs, spices, dried food. Goblinos. Frosted mini dwarves. Some more cooking wine, if you'd like. <laughs> There's some honey nut oats, cereal clusters, clusters of honey moradin <laughs> oats. These are good for your soul. <laughs> Kelimvorios. Kelimvorios. Nice. <laughs> Harlan, you get inspiration for that. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I love that. That's great. <laughs> um, and basically, with your perception check, you're able to ascertain that this is a well-off household. The food is just starting to spoil a little bit is there anything other than spices that is anything that doran might want to take just for sustenance Mm. so he'd grab a bag of apples if there's apples there i just rolled a natural 20 on your behalf so pick five things that you want and they're in here okay so there's some like preserved fish preserved meat um there's some unspoiled potatoes um, a bag of Doran's just raiding carrots. the pantry. He, like comes out with handfuls. But I love the of idea food. of d- to Doran. Oh, just a raw potato. That's a delicious snack to eat while I walk <laughs> around like, this dungeon. Like, that's the, oh my god! Yes, <laughs> the real treasure. A pomme de terre. <laughs> you just finished the last of the um, the apple brandy or whatever, but you find yeah. another bottle. Oh, there. there's an Ooh. apricot brandy. <laughs> yes, and I and I say, guys, I hit the jackpot, and then everybody's eyes open. Oh, it's not gold, but oh, it's another bottle of brandy. (laughs) It's golden colored liquid. Yeah. While I'm outside the pantry, Red's going to go in and grab a large metal pitcher. And I'm just going to scoop a big scoop of flour. Mm, Smart. I like it. That's that's probably more inspiration worthy than Calumvorios. Yeah. Well, you know invisibility <laughs> as written, anything that is being worn or carried by an invisible creature also becomes invisible. Mm. So I feel like if you throw mm. flour on an invisible creature, that it would indicate where the creature is for like one round, and then the flour would become invisible too. That's fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that would be. A you tough would thing to... you would definitely be able to follow tracks in flour on the ground. Oh, even better. Um, but I feel like there's like a limited right. applicability. Shelf life. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. So if I hug an invisible creature, do I become invisible? If it carries you, maybe. No, I don't think that's how it works. I don't, I don't fucking know. D and D. I walk up to Zolkan, who's picking his teeth with a. Um, he's looking at you guys so bored, yeah. bored out of his fucking mind. And Zulkin he's like, is Joe. Can we? Are we gonna go or? Shut up, Zolkan. Hey, Zolkan, you got you got lockpicks. Uh, yes. What the hell are you doing? Get through this door. Yeah, yeah, Jack. And I like kick his butt as he's going. Uh, I don't like you when you're drunk. What do you mean? We've been drunk this entire time. I haven't liked you since I met you. That's not very... Kralot, did you hear what he said? That's not very nice. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> we did kill many of his men. Yeah, and it and it's kind of fair because we don't like you either, Zolkin. 
Yeah, we don't like him. All right, so. all right, all right, all right. I like yeah. him. Um. Okay, so he is going to you. You're referring to the door that's just north of the pantry. Right, the one, the one that uh, Kraloth and Red were fooling around with for a minute and mm-hmm, found locked, and, mm-hmm. and like Jack was again just taking it all in, and then was like, "Oh wait, he sold himself as a roguish individual. Get to work." Yeah. You do he makes being a bored. big show of getting out his lockpick and uh, of obscuring his methods from mm. you with his back as he works because he's not keen on sharing his talents with any of you. We're definitely in a learning mood right now. As a cantrip, I'm going to cast Guidance on him. Oh, oh so that means I get to just, add a plus four. Just casually. Plus D4. He gets Does that look like something? Inspiration. I try to cast it, you know, a little bit, you know, more sleight of hand so it doesn't look like I'm helping him, but I want him to get that door open. I mean, the two that I rolled on the D4 that you gave me for guidance made me hit the DC exactly. Oh, nice. Wow. Way to go. <laughs> you know, it should be like he's picking it and he's not getting it and you just like wave your hand like a Jedi and it's like clicks <sighs> and he's like almost confused at it. He's like, oh. oh. He's like, uh, no big deal. Shut up, Selkin. Now let's see what's behind He it. reveals a room, a square room, that has a barrel of water in one corner and a staircase that leads down into darkness. Doran is standing at the door that's south of the pantry, mm-hmm. the single door that's south of the pantry, and he grabs and jiggles the, lock, the handle. Is it open? It is, yes. And he opens that door as well, lets the door slide open. So, Doran, you're looking into a dark room that is undecorated, (laughs) contains four single beds and a a small dining table. Um, There are a few chests in here at the foot of the beds. This probably is servants' quarters. Without waiting for anybody else, Doran loots through the uh, chest. Yeah, all you find in these chests are some spare uniforms, it looks like. They're all matching clothes of a kind of drab navy color. Um, and some mundane personal effects. I just leave them. Maybe a diary that's like, Dear Diary, I sure am a servant. It's so sad being a servant. I really don't have anything else with my life. <gasps> but I'm in love with the courtyard, master. Oh, Jack wants the diary real bad. In in the moment now, he's like, Oh, this, this artifact of a time and a place captures something about this. You know, these are the sorts of documents you really want. They teach you the most about a place if you're... Trying to preserve them. It's Call it Diary of a Sad Servant. <laughs> diary of a Sad Servant, it is. And you're not in the room, but Doran kind of picks up and he flips through the pages and he goes, I think Jack would want this. And he hollers over to you, Jack, you want a, you want a diary? Yeah. Who's, what? And he thro- throws it and uh, right, right towards you. It kind of flitters in the air. Jack knows how to grab a book out of the air and... <laughs> Uh, Rover book grabbing no, in the air. While drunk no. and dashing across the room. This is it's, the one kind of dexterity check Jack will never have to make, is grabbing a flying book. He's trained for this his whole life. Uh, <laughs> I think he maybe flips through it a little bit and then like tucks it into his, his you know bag next to his spell book for safekeeping so yeah. he can read it later. The last page just reads, I sure hope we never get attacked by giants. Mm. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to go to the last door on the west side, mm-hmm. the double doors, that I believe would lead logically to the front door that we didn't actually pass through, correct? It does indeed. And I'll open them. You open these... Um... Doors? 
<laughs> Thank you. I was looking for the word doors because I'm a little mermaid motherfucker. What's the word again? Doors. You open these double doors and you reveal a long rectangular gallery. There are some dark curtains that hang over uh, specific places in the walls. And there are a number of different doorways that lead out from this long room. One of them, yes, as you had imagined, does lead back out onto the veranda. So that's the door that leads north. Then there are a set of double doors on the western wall, a single door on the western wall, and then another door on the eastern wall. Additionally, there is a tall wax statue in one corner. Waxy. Wax statue. All right, I turn around to the others and say, "All oh, right, so we've opened a door that leads down. A door and open a door to the servants' quarters. We got the pantry. We got the way we came in, and then we got this door. I think we should do this floor by floor. Why don't we get all the doors on this floor done, and then we can go downstairs or upstairs?" Doran continues to walk through the servants' quarters and finds another door. I'll start with this door in here. Perfect. Doran finds this door in. The servants' quarters. Perfect. And then I'll follow him as well, and we'll just go room by room and clear this floor. Is this the study, Zolkin? Uh, I didn't come through here. Okay. So Doran turns the knob and pushes the door open. Is it open? Yes. So you reveal a dark foyer. Uh. This has two double doors on the south side that look like the main entrance to the villa. Okay. There is... A plaster shelf lined with some ornate vases or vases, depending on a tomato-tomato situation. <laughs> are any of them more than 100 years old? All of them are. Oh, wow. These are all antiques. Yes. So the shelf circles the room at a height of nine feet. So you're going to have to do some comical jumping in order to get your hands on a particular vase. Well, hold on. How, old, how tall are you, um, Jack? Nine feet. Probably not nine feet tall. No, no. How tall are you, Jack? Uh, five foot six inches. And I am four foot six inches, which makes us an even <laughs> ten feet. <laughs> ten foot. This is drunk math, though. This is this is Doran six, drunk math. <laughs> so that's one foot. Five so and if four, you stand nine. on no ten feet, yeah, yeah, you can you can well, peruse the shelves. And Doran says that jump on my shoulders, Jack. Yeah, you know it, it's. They're antiques. He needs a closer look at them. I think he's he's going to climb, scrabble up the back of this dwarf and climb on his shoulders and reach above his head and one by one pull these fancy looking vases down. As you are pulling the vases off of this shelf, Red and Kraloth, you enter the room and you see that Doran and Jack are busily looting this room. There is additionally a 10-foot wide, 15-foot long rug of exquisite design on the floor. And there are some tapestries on the walls that depict... A dragon flying over a ship and pilgrims on camels, respectively. Cool. Jack, you're pulling these vases off of the walls. And each of these, so there are 16 vases altogether. Whoa. Each of the vases are worth 25 gold. You know them to have been mm. created by humans. And a vase is very uh, lightweight object. Uh, right, right, right. You got that bag of holding. Let's, let's keep some of yeah, these. Yeah, let's eh? put some in there. 
Yeah. Oh, and I take okay. him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold guys. still. Hold still. <laughs> fellas, fellas. And just fellas. throw him in. Yeah. <laughs> Kraloth uh, is the slowest to get into the room, and, and he follows up behind, and he sees Doran and Jack doing their thing, kind of wobbling a little this bit. This acrobatic stunt. Red is up there with his bag. like The fucking Grinch, the three of you. And Kraloth holds up his hands. He says, whoa, whoa, okay. Jack, get down from Doran, and we need we need to... We need to huddle up right now because we are not going about this smartly. Come on, bring it in, bring it in. There's like a bit of teetering. Yeah, and, come on, and, and come on. With Doran, with all his, <laughs> um, you know, self-righteous, I'm not one to pilfer, I'm not pillaging, this is against my, <laughs> my lawful goodness. You could tell the alcohol is starting to get to him because he's like, yeah. come on, let's take all this shit and let's take this too. And oh, hey, here's here's this and here's this. Like two minors trying to get into a dirty movie. <laughs> Jack looks immediately ashamed come on. and puts come on. the vase back uh, on, on a shelf and jumps down and all right. goes to huddle up very obediently. I know we're all excited about all of the great things we're seeing in here, and I got a little excited about some of that food I was seeing, too. I can't wait to dig into that, but <laughs> we got to remember that there are creatures in this house. It is not a secure location. That's right. Those vases aren't going anywhere, so we I say we clear out this building of any potential threats, and then we do the taken of things. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Oh, right, Kraloff, I, I agree. I mean, I, I wasn't doing any of the looting, and I, like, gesture towards Doran and and Jack, who are shamed and walking back, but but I agree. Let's clear this place room by room and then go to the basement, or, or maybe upstairs. All right. Doran, you lead? Okay. Zolkin is, like, leaning against a tapestry on the side of the room. Shut up, Zolkin! <laughs> Doran makes his way into the next room. Yeah, and Red will follow. So, Doran, you're standing directly in front of this wax statue. Wax statue? You see that it depicts a regal-looking woman cradling a tressum in her arms. This is obviously a kind portrayal of the ginger tressum that is following right around, <laughs> meowing loudly for more scraps. Um, the wax depiction of the tressum has a wax rat in its mouth. Is that you, pussycat? Is there any label or description or something that would tell us who this woman is? No. I go to pick up the tressum. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to hold it like the same way that the wax sculpture is I'm like, look at these you. And I like immediately drop it again. <laughs> I guess it does live here, we at least know. And, and this must be the um, matriarch. Looks to be. <clears throat> so there are doors to the west, two doors. And then there's one to the north, which we assume would lead out back where we came from. Yes. Kraloth kind of shuffles past everybody who's looking at this this wax statue and makes his way to the door that's across the hall and listens up to it. Okay, so this is the southern one uh, on the west side of the hallway. Yes. You listen at the door and you hear the distinct sound of nothing. And from the doorway back into the foyer... Zolkin says to you, Kraloff, yeah, so that's where I was uh, attacked. In this room or just where I'm standing? 
No, I, I was in that room. As I told you, in the middle of rolling up a tapestry. It's probably still in there. If there is something invisible behind that door, what are we going to do to protect ourselves? And I'll take out that flower, and I'm going to just spread it around the floor outside here to catch any footprints of invisible creatures. Sure. Uh, because, you know, that's why I have it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give a nod towards Kieran. Um, you don't see anything we don't see, do you? Not in here, boss. We're all standing at this door. Uh, Red is still standing next to the wax sculpture. I will just be looking at this wax sculpture one more time, just in case. I do feel like there's something a little funky about it. And I got a 24. Nothing else pops out to you in terms of details about the statue. There's no secret key pressed into a wax pocket or anything, but it does occur kind of pompous to you that the proprietor probably of this mansion would have a wax statue of themselves basically directly in front of the doors leading into this villa. Yeah, yeah, I push it over. What? You push the statue over? Yeah, just like into the hall. But It breaks. But I... Oh. Ah, damn. Red. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> you scare the cat. Yeah. Jack is like injured that he he was like, I'm going to I'm gonna be good. I've been scolded by Red. Red was right. I guess I can't play around all this stuff. And then Red goes and fucking breaks the statue. Oh, my. All right. Sorry. I look at my teammates here, my, my group of adventurers, and I kind of nod in sort of a questioning approval. Should I open the door? Well, what uh, what positions should we be in? Yeah, so I'm standing back. I draw my bow, knock an arrow, and I nod. Dora has his hand on the knob. I think Kieran's... And Kieran's on my shoulder. Yeah, and I think Jack's standing against the back wall, but has has taken the time to project his mind into Kieran, so he's going to see what Kieran sees when the door opens. Hmm, good thinking. I, I turn the knob and open the door. You reveal a dark parlor. Oh. There is a high-backed chair facing a pair of padded couches, a coffee table, and um, as Zolkin had mentioned, there is a tapestry that is half rolled up on the ground. And you know, actually, I am at the back of the group with my arrow knocked, and I'm going to take a step back just so that Zolkin is also in my view, because I don't trust him very much. Sure, yeah. I mean, as you guys move into this parlor. Zolkin moves past Red, gingerly stepping over the broken limbs of the statue on the ground. So yeah, you reveal this dark parlor. There are some thin drapes on the walls, probably covering windows. Kieran does not indicate to you in any way that there are any invisible creatures in this room. Yeah. Jack, you don't see any forms here that you wouldn't expect in a well-appointed and kind of stuffy-looking parlor. So as I'm, as I'm using their senses, I might, I might take a, like a deep breath in and, and sort of use the, that keen Tresem sense of smell to see if I can pick up any creatures or things that might also be here somewhere. Yeah, roll perception. 24. Nice. There are some rats here. Not in this room, but probably somewhere in the walls that uh, Kieran is distinctly aware of. Perfect. And also a, a strange smell that you can't put your finger on necessarily. Um, why don't you roll a nature check? 28. Wow. wow. You know from your time in the Arcanariums of Waterdeep um, rubbing shoulders with mages and wizards all of your adult life the smell of imps. Oh. You you have been around imp familiars. Right. 
in your life. Uh, they're not in the room, but but you detect like a strange brimstone type prickle in the back of your throat that you know like, oh yeah, that's that's an imp. I don't know what you know about imps, but that that's what you smell. I mean, can we do an arcana just to, to put that together so I can know what I can... Yeah, let's establish it. Uh, 25. Shit. Cool. I mean... Wow. Let me give you the nuts and bolts right now. Can imps be invisible? Sorry. Yes, absolutely they can. Oh, well, there we go. They are great at uh, being stealthy. They can change shape. I think they can also be rats, probably. They can be rats. They can be rats, ravens, spiders. And shoot fire from their chest. No. (laughs) Uh, Uh, And you also know that they have some non-magical damage resistance. Are they potentially poisonous as well? Yes. Uh, Kieran, being sensitive to poison as well, might they taste, touch, or smell anything poisonous associated with the rats in any or or one more than the others or something? No, but now it occurs to you that this is indeed part of the flavor of like Zolkin's smell now. Like you're putting it together like, oh shit, the wound on his shoulder smells like imp poison. Yeah, okay. I'm assuming you haven't shared any of this with us yet. No, he's just drunkenly just like, staring, like staring into yeah. a corner of it's the room. It's funny too because like normally <laughs> with Jack, it's like an instantaneous look, but because he's drunk, we're all just like paused, waiting for him to like. Well, it's, it's not even because he's drunk. He's <laughs> yeah. not even in his body oh, right now. Right, yeah, he's She's like saying. deaf and blind and standing in a corner, and he's like, "What do we do? What do we do?" He's, he's not inside anything. Kieran, having a whole moment uh, of like you know the the like Sherlock Holmesy and arrows coming together. He's like you know he's looking around or like okay imps familiars. <laughs> Are there spell books? Are there are there other magical accoutrement? Like, but it's taking like a full minute. <laughs> if Jack is drunk, okay, when he does this, is Kieran how, drunk? Yeah, how is he seeing? Like, it, how does the drunkenness affect his viewing eyes through Kieran? Oh, that's a whole question. Anyway, when do you tell us this? Jack leaves Kieran's body, and I, I sort of step forward from the back of the room. It's all. It all makes sense now, guys. There's imps here, which means they're 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 devils. They can they can hide. They can be invisible. They're poisonous. They can they can turn into rats. And Kieran can sense rats in the walls. Uh, can they understand common? Yeah, I believe they can. I was. So this is the moment they just heard us say all this. So you might as well show yourself familiar. I don't know if your master's still here or gone, uh, but or what devilish business you're up to. But why don't you appear and we can have a discussion about it? Yeah. Chicken. Don't make us hunt you down. Yeah. Don't be impish. You are unanswered. Yeah. Cowardly imps. Dornax boldly and steps into the room and uh, looks around. What other doors are in are in here? Yeah, there's a door to the north. You would probably assume that this leads into the same room as the final door from the hallway. And is that the only door? Yep. I'm going to stay close to Doran because I know that he's Perfect. been hit. He's still kind of hurting. Doran steps in, goes north. Fuck these imps. I'm I'm a little drunk. Okay. So uh, we'll take them on if, if they if they sh- if they're invisible or even if they show themselves. You know, alcohol adds that extra bit of um idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he opens the door. You reveal a grand room. Wow. Uh, sheathed in darkness. Look at this grand room. An iron wrought chandelier hangs above a black oak dining table, surrounded by eight high backed chairs carved to look like devils. Mm. A fireplace dominates the western wall, flanked by red curtained windows. 
and there is a handsome glass-doored wine cabinet that stands against the eastern wall. Hello! Doran, as you move into the room, you are beset by creatures. Everyone roll initiative. Dun, 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 dun. Harlan, what did Red roll? 16. Doran? 6. Justin, what about Kraloth? 11. And Rob, what's Jack's initiative? 21. Nicely done. Doran, you are beset by creatures. Gargoyles. Probably imps, though. I would hope. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I see. Gargoyles. (laughs) Right. This whole buildup was for gargoyles. Yes. The old one, too. imps in the walls. Oh, gargoyles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's actually both. There, there are gargoyles in the in here, but we spent twenty minutes on imps. It's cool. They imp look gargoyle-ish because as they attack you, their invisibility drops, and you can see these tiny creatures with oblong faces and red glowing eyes have needle sharp teeth. They are flying down at you, Doran, and they all try to sting you with their stinging appendages that they have. I rolled a natural 20. Ooh. Uh, and also a 21 and an 18. Does the 18 hit you? Yep. No, 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 no. Sorry, an 18 does not hit. My apologies. Yeah, I was going to say, you got some a new 19, armor, right? A 19. Nice. That natural 20, I'm going to convert to normal. Good to know. So two hits, two misses. Luckily, you are a dwarf who is resistant to poison damage, correct? Correct. That's pretty lucky. Why don't you make a constitution saving throw? Two of them. 22. Mm Mm-hmm. And, oh, a 10. So seven poison damage for the first hit, which you saved on. So naturally, as a dwarf, you would be taking three damage, but because you saved on it, you're actually only taking one damage from that successful save. So one damage for the first sting. Okay. And six damage, which is halved because you're a dwarf. So three damage for the second sting. Beautiful. Four imps revealed just just congregating on your dwarven friend. Jack, it's your turn. Yeah. How hung up are we on being quiet, do you guys think? Zero. I pushed over a wax statue. <laughs> <laughs> they know we here. Okay, so we're gonna try a thing. Um, Jack pulls out his orb and steps sort of in line so we can see these these imps over top of. Uh, mm-hmm. You're Doran's still head. back in the parlor, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess there's maybe he's looking past Doran and Kraloth. Doran, plug your ears. All right, and Doran does. Uh, Fingers in both his ears. He just drops his axe. On the, so on the on the center one, right in front of of Doran, Jack holds out his orb, and for a minute, it looks like the orb shatters into a million pieces. But it's it's the same shattering that happens right out in front of them, as just all the creatures in there get like wrenched and torn asunder. Uh, so a sudden loud ringing noise erupts in that space. There's a ten foot radius sphere, which I hope catches all of them, and uh, they're gonna take three d eight. Thunder damage on a failed save and half as much on a successful one. Okay, so Doran's going to make the save as well? Yeah, constitution. And I rolled a 20 for damage. Ooh, nice. 21. And these guys all fucking fail. Beautiful. Nice. Perfect. So they're going to take 20 <laughs> damage. Now, the thing that hurts Jack more than hurting Doran is uh, non-magical objects in that 10-foot radius that aren't being worn or carried also take damage 
if they're in the spells area. No, all the wine. <laughs> Sorry. So, Doran, you succeed on your saving throw, but that still just means that you take half damage. So 10 damage for oh, Doran, and then each of these imps takes 20 damage, and they all explode uh, just in little mini fireworks of imp intestines. Intestines. Mm, nice. You're welcome. For that. They're all dead. They all die. Wow. wow. Red steps into the room and he's like, oh right, I'm ready to battle. I heard the music. Where are they? <laughs> and you see that Doran is just covered in imp guts and dripping with wine as the cabinet to the east has also similarly exploded. Um, The imps are dead. And the chandelier just falls. <laughs> There's imp on the ceiling, there's imp on the floor, there's imp on Doran. Thank you again to our great old one Patreon supporters, Kellen Holman and Christopher Ryan Evans. You two have made it completely possible to be crazy and zany, just as we always have been. Please consider supporting us on Patreon, join the Facebook group, and come over to the Discord server if you want to have a little bit of fun. See you next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.